Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Good morning. Wake up! The Early Line. Line up! Number two here on the grid, sportsgrid.com. It is the early line. Joe and Ari alongside Jared Smith as we dive in here over the next uh, 57 minutes or so here. Uh, we'll start breaking down these games tonight. 43 in college basketball. A lot of top 25 action, not to mention, of course, the start of, uh, of conference tournaments for mid-majors. We'll get you some of the future prices there as well coming up on the four that start today. NBA slate of games, eight today, and going to be interesting. One of the games tonight I'm looking forward to seeing, Jared, would be uh, the Clippers, who are taking on OKC. Uh, Interesting game, especially since we learned yesterday that our friends over at uh, DraftKings have uh, taken a uh, nearly $1 million bet on the Clippers at plus 230 to go ahead and win the Western Conference. Someone's now, got some extra cash lying around. And that, now, I'll tell you this, and of course, it went from 230 to plus 160 uh, after that bet was made at DraftKings, but at plus 230, feeling that the Clippers, they got enough in the tank here to be able to get the job done and advance to the finals. The Clippers, as an organization, never have never made it to the Western Conference Finals. This could be the year, but even still, the Lakers at plus 150 in a lot of places. Still the odds-on favorite to win the Western Conference. Do you like the bet? No, I don't. And uh, we talked about this actually uh, yesterday uh, on Scotty Farrell's show. And I, at this point, and it, it goes back to what we talked about with the Bucks. When you're making a futures bet, you, like, the, the, the point in making the bet today is so that when the, the bet gets to fruition, which is two months from now in the Western Conference Finals, you capture value on that bet. And when you have that much time in between March 3rd today and let's say May 3rd when the Western Conference final starts, I don't know the exact day, sometime in May, you, you want there to be a significant move in your favor or else you did right. not make the right bet. Because why would you make a bet that's plus 230 today that's going to be like plus 160 in two months? There's so many things that can happen between now and May 3rd. Kawhi Leonard could walk off and get hit by a bus tomorrow. We don't mm-hmm. know. We thrive right. on information, and we don't have that information yet. I want to make a bet that's going to be plus 1,000 today and then plus 160 on May 3rd. That is a or, bet you know, I'm willing to make. Give us the 950,000. We'll invest it for you the right way. I promise you we'll do that. First thing I do is hand it to Dan Strafford and be like, Dan, whoever you like tonight, let me know. We're going to put the money on the game. Well, Well, Joe, I'll go back to you on that one. We begin with last night in the NBA where break up the New York Knicks. Houston falling in New York to the Knicks, 125 to 123. The Knicks were up by as many as 20 in this one, but held on by two points. James Harden did have 35, but shot just 8 of 22 from the field, 3 of 13 from three-point range. Frank Nielakina playing some great defense on the beard in that one. The Milwaukee Bucks 
absolutely decimated by the Miami Heat. 105-89, to Bam Adebayo with great defense in this one. 14, of thir- uh, sorry, 14 points, 13 rebounds, 5 assists, but played great D on Giannis and Teddy Campo. Giannis finished with just 13 points. He did have 15 boards. Jimmy Butler led the way for the Heat. 18 points, 7 assists, 6 rebounds. Again, 105-89 final in that one. Other top performers from the day, CJ McCollum had 41 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists as the Portland Trailblazers beat the Orlando Magic 130-107. to Tonight in the NBA, we keep an eye on Anthony Davis. He's currently listed as questionable for tonight's Lakers game. He's been dealing with a sore knee. He's also had a Q-tag throughout the season. In baseball, Cody Bellinger was scratched from Monday's Cactus League lineup due to side discomfort. The Dodgers are saying this is out of an abundance of caution. According to Mike Puma and Ken Davidoff of the New York Post, the Yankees have contacted the Mets regarding a possible trade for Steven Matz. The report notes that the Mets are listening with Miguel Andujar as a player of interest. And in the National Football League, it's that time of year for the franchise tag and transition tag to be bestowed upon players. ESPN's Jenna Lane reporting the Cowboys are expected to franchise tag Dak Prescott. The window for a long-term deal to get done is closing as the franchise tag window closes on March 10th. I'm Dan Strapper, and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. All right, Dan, we'll uh, we'll get back to you on that 950K, but I want you to think <laughs> about it. I want to know who the hell you're, you're dropping that money on, all right? And I promise you, Jared and I, will uh, will make the bet. I swear we wouldn't do anything like split the money and then probably bet a 2017 parlay or something like that. Wouldn't do it, Jared. We wouldn't do it. No. We would be good with the money. I wouldn't jet to Bermuda either, you know, no, for like a not month. At all. Not, not to rent a Winnebago and drive to Vegas. I would not. Mm. Nope, not at all. No, that sounds fun, actually. Yeah, actually, it really does. Uh, <laughs> as long as we don't have to drive, I think we're going to yeah, be right. <laughs> We won't yeah. be in any state to drive. <laughs> All right, we got ourselves uh, we got ourselves some games here tonight. Let's finish up the top 25 uh, in college hoops. Now, we did talk about, of course, Penn State and, uh, and uh, Michigan State tonight. Also, Maryland taking on uh, Rutgers. Big game for Rutgers. It's a small number here. I mean, it's, yeah. it's looking at one and a half, two points uh, for Maryland. Rutgers, n- great defense. We know this. They've kind of had a little rough stretch here. Uh, they have lost three straight, four of five, six of eight. I mean, they just, it has not been a great end to the season, but we know they can play defense and they really do play well at home. It's a big game. It's not a big number. Are no. you looking more towards the uh, towards Maryland in this one, or do you like a total in this spot? No, I, I like Rutgers. I mean, I think you know a lot of people will say, "Oh my goodness gracious, Maryland's a top ten team. Rutgers unranked, but Rutgers is getting value here as the yep. as the favorite." And a lot of people are going to run to probably bet on Maryland in this game, and I would caution them. Mm-hmm. I would I would caution them. And to me, that is just what needs to be like when when you have an unranked team against the ranked team, and the and the unranked team is is giving points. Yep, that's the trap line right there. And I don't know what's going on at the Westgate today, uh, but I'm seeing one twenty nines and one thirties across the board, and the Westgate's got a one thirty three up right now. I don't know if uh, our boy John Murray's uh, asleep at the wheel right now, but. Uh, anyone in Vegas, go run to the Westgate and go pound this under at 133. Uh, you're not going to find a number like that anywhere else in Vegas. 
Uh, now, granted, it's early still. They might they they might adjust this number, but you know it's only five a.m. out there in the desert, so maybe uh, maybe they're just asleep a little bit. But when I was looking at the lines across the board, I'm seeing one thirties, one twenty nines, even at a couple shops, uh, and and this line's really moved down off of that opening number. So yep. I think the under is probably the steam move of the day. Uh, but Rutgers, I think, is kind of the contrarian pick. Uh, you know, Maryland's going to get a lot of the love as an underdog in this spot, even coming off the loss. But Rutgers has been really good at home, and we all know how hard it is to win on the road in the Big Ten. And that's why I'm not going to run to the window with Michigan State tonight, even though I think Penn State, right. uh, you know, is a bit of a bad matchup in that Big Ten game. You know, and, and in both Big Ten games, you're seeing very small lines and, you know, basically just pick the winner. And the home teams, I think, certainly deserve your attention. I think Maryland is a bit weaker of an opponent than Michigan State is. That's why I would I would be more apt to bet Rutgers in this spot than I would Penn State. Interesting enough, so the first game guys went well under, you know, one seventeen. So yeah, this was one thirty three. Seems like a mistake there. I don't yeah. know if John Murray and those guys are sleeping, but they need to wake up. From a tempo about to hop a flight too, to Vegas. Both of these teams have tremendous athletes, but they. They're in that 250 to 260 mm. range when it comes to tempo, so they're not flying up and down the court. It seems like a it seems like a lot. I don't think it's you know this has got less than 120 written all over. Neither team made it to 60 the first time around. I don't know what's going to change, especially given the fact that how much this game is going to mean towards uh, for Rutgers at home. They've already beaten them. Some teams just have other teams' numbers. It's not a good matchup. We'll see if that holds true uh, tonight again with this Maryland-Rutgers game. Uh, One more Big Ten game, uh, top 25 team, obviously. Iowa uh, is getting ready uh, at home to take on Purdue, and Purdue not exactly setting the uh, world on fire, but they do have a rematch here with the Hawkeyes, which could be a, a recipe for getting back on track for Purdue let us not forget, right? Uh, we had Purdue at the Mackey Arena benefiting the first go around here. They dropped 104 on them. Remember that? 104 to 68 on February 5th. They just, they haven't been able to, from that particular point, really be able to hold on to the momentum. They find themselves on the road getting about five, five and a half points in this game. Uh, the total, too, sitting right around that 141, 142 mark here. Purdue ten and four uh, against the number in the last uh, fourteen after they've scored fewer than fifty points in the previous outing. They got shellacked the last time out. So I don't know. Does Purdue bounce back? Do you trust them enough on the road in Iowa to get it done against Garza and company? I do. And and Purdue's won. They've won five out of six against the number since that game against Purdue. Mm-hmm. I think Iowa and. Call me crazy here. I, I I think Iowa's a sleeper team to to make a run in March. I, I really like what I've seen from Luca Garza. And we've seen, you know, we talk about guards all the time, and, and guards are important in March. Defense is important in March. Those are two things that I don't think Iowa does well. That's probably why they're not going to go to the Final Four or even probably the Elite Eight. But I think this team could be a second weekend team because of Luca Garza. I think he's such a matchup problem. And... You know, I I don't think the Harms kid's gonna have any uh you know any uh success in stopping him tonight. This is a different Iowa team than what Purdue faced uh, last month at Mackey Arena. Iowa's incredibly good at home. I want to say they are, yeah, they're eighteen and eight against the number this year, and they're eleven and two against the number at home. So this yes. is a really good Iowa team. This is a really tough nosed. Gritty Iowa team. Fran McCaffrey's done a great job. We all know what he has. He's got his son shooting threes this year. 
Garza's probably a, an All-American. In fact, I don't think pro- anything probable about it. I think Garza is an All-American, and I think he is going to contend for the Naismith Player of the Year. And not a lot of people are going to talk about Iowa because they're not a sexy team at all, and they just get it done year after year with toughness and with three-point shooting. Those are the things they do really well, and Garza's a, Garza's a problem, Joe. He's a problem. Yeah, I, I, I think Iowa covers it. Yeah, they're very efficient too, as well. This uh, this Iowa team, um, nineteen to thirty-four from behind the arc, sixty-three percent. Can Purdue match that outing? No. Talk about uh, that and uh, one more top twenty-five game plus the NBA next year on the grid. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back in the early line here on the grid, sportsgrid.com, as we get ready for a conference tournament here time tonight. Uh, we did uh, we did talk about, of course, uh, the three top 25 teams there. Iowa getting ready uh, at home tonight to exact some revenge on Purdue. Purdue getting five. Total sits at that 141-142 mark. Uh, there might be some value on the uh, on the over here as these two teams Listen, the, where where Iowa struggles is in the, is um, where Purdue uh, struggles rather is in the paint. Iowa can do some damage in there. So can Purdue. And if they shoot anything uh, even close to what they shot last time these two played, uh, Iowa's going to want to exact some revenge here. I do think the value uh, might lie in the over in this game. I don't necessarily see an awful lot of defense here. I do think uh, Iowa, if they have an opportunity to put their foot on the gas. They'll go ahead, bouncing back 77 to 68 over Penn State uh, over the weekend. They were a four and a half point favorite there. You mentioned it. Garza is a man among boys here. Um, and this is the exact kind of game that uh, he needs to have. Purdue, this is a big game for everybody involved here. Yeah, no, and, and, and Iowa needs this game too. Because the Big yes. Ten standings are, and Purdue needs this game from a, from a bubble standpoint. Mm-hmm. But Iowa needs this game because they're like, and, and again, the top four teams in the Big East, I mean, in the Big Ten, that is the number you want to get to. That's the double buy. And this Big Ten tournament is going to be a bear. And Iowa, like Penn State, 11 and 7, one game back of Wisconsin and Illinois for the four seed. So it's Maryland at 13 and 5. And you've got Michigan State, who I think is, a, is an elite. 12 and 6, and I think they might get up to that one line if, if Maryland falters. And you got Illinois and Wisconsin that I think are kind of in that second tier. I think Illinois is the weakest of those four that are 12 and 6, a game ahead of Illinois or of, of Iowa and Penn State. So Penn State and Iowa need, like, they are fighting for their postseason lives. So is Purdue. Yes. Purdue's much further back. They're 8 and 10, and they need this win. I, I, I think Purdue needs to probably win their last two games to really have themselves a, a legitimate shot to make the tournament. If they win tonight at Iowa, that will go a long way. I do like your overplay a lot. If I were going to play this side, I would play Iowa, and I really like the over a lot. 
Because I, I agree. Yeah. I, I think the, the pace of this game is going to be really fast. And I think Iowa, like Duke last night, when they see the opportunity to be the hammer, Duke yep. was the hammer in the second half last night. NC State was the nail. Duke could have dropped 100 in that game if they played 40 minutes. And I think Iowa won't hesitate to play 40 tonight if they can, and they won't hesitate to be the hammer to Purdue's nail. It's, uh, it's interesting. The, uh, the other top uh, 25 team uh, in action tonight is going to be what, uh, uh, what the coach of Tennessee, Mr. Barnes, says is the single most underrated team in the country which is kind of laughable when you consider he's talking about Kentucky. Mm. Uh, and yet, you know, he's got a point here with Kentucky. The number six team in the country now has rattled off, I don't know, uh, eight wins in a row. They're going for their ninth consecutive win. They've got Tennessee at Rupp Arena here tonight in Lexington, nine o'clock. Uh, the Volunteers, listen, they snapped a two-game losing streak. They beat Florida uh, in the last game over the weekend, they're going to try to keep that momentum going. But, you know, when <laughs> Barnes is telling everyone that, hey, uh, guys, Kentucky is ridiculously undervalued here. Well, they're laying nine and a half, Kentucky, at home against this Tennessee team who's got some guys who can play, been a little inconsistent. Uh, but as odd as that may sound, he's right. I mean, nobody is talking about Kentucky. It's absolutely mind-blowing to me. I think Kentucky is a very dangerous team, and we've seen their futures odds basically plummet in the last mm. two weeks. Uh, our guy Kevin Walsh got him at twenty to one. I want to say I saw him at sixteen to one today. Nice. And I I missed that party. I I'm late to that party. I'm not going to jump in late on Kentucky in the futures market. I think I made my play with Michigan State, and that's kind of my undervalued play. I'm also very heavily invested in Kansas. And you know, if it's a Kansas Gonzaga, Kansas Michigan State championship game, I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be sitting pretty. Uh, mm -hmm. But when it comes to Kentucky, the thing that I question about them is just their defense. They're not as good defensively as they've been in years past, but they're really peaking at the right time. And to me, that's more important than defense at this stage in the game. You can overcome a couple of bad games defensively early in the tournament if you can continue to play consistent basketball on the offensive end. They're the best, third best, excuse me, three free throw shooting team in the country, and that's rare for a young team. This is a very young, very young Kentucky team. Their best player is a freshman, Tyrese Maxey. And most of the time, Calipari does do more with young players. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, this particular team has taken a little bit of extra time to develop. They had that big win earlier in the year against Michigan State on opening night. Their non-conference schedule was pretty average, Joe. It was really average. Wins over Georgia mm -hmm. Tech, UAB, you know, Louisville, obviously, you know, that's the rivalry game, and they won that game in overtime at home. And the SEC schedule has been kind of bad this year. I mean, their only losses are to South Carolina and Auburn uh, in the SEC. They've had a really good year in the conference, but it's been a down year, I think, for the SEC. Lost to Ohio State on a neutral court. Lost to Utah on a neutral court, which was a really bad loss. So, you know, you look at Kentucky's schedule, and it doesn't wow you, and their wins don't wow you, but they're consistent, they're athletic, and they've got one of the best coaches in the country who has a team that's young, that's, you know, improving every week. And that's why they're dangerous, because they're athletic, they're young, and they've got the best, one of the best coaches in the country. So they're a team you've got to look out for in March for sure. They've got to handle their business in the big in the uh, SEC tournament next week. They're going to probably win their last two games. You know, they got a tough matchup this weekend at Florida. That game is inconsequential to the SEC standings. They're the one seed regardless. 
And, I, I, you know, I just think Kentucky's definitely a team that if you miss the boat on them in the futures market, you'll probably have a couple of opportunities to bet on them as dogs in either the Elite Eight or the Final Four. So you'll have a chance yep. to make your money with Kentucky because I think if they face Kansas in the Final Four, I think Kansas would be favored. So if you really like Kentucky to win it all, you missed your chance to be on the futures market with them, I think, but you've got a chance to bet them still later on in the tournament. Yeah, they've already cleared the SEC regular season title, and they're probably going to go ahead and win the SEC. If they can win out, they're currently projected as a number three seed now. Uh, they do have an opportunity to actually improve on that, depending on what happens uh, you know, down the stretch here with some of these other squads. But I could definitely see them as a number as a number two seed here in the brackets uh, uh, coming up. And they're starting to play really good basketball. Calipari, Kentucky-style basketball. Again, young team. A lot of these teams here this year, very young. I don't think they'll have a problem beating Tennessee here uh, tonight by right. double digits, especially in Rupp Arena. I think it'll, uh, it should be a rather easy victory for them. There is another game, though, here tonight that uh, also in the Big 12 has got a lot on the line here. Shaka Smart and Texas, the turnaround That's the big uh, that game they I'm have created. I, Oklahoma, who has owned Texas, by the way, in the recent rivalries here. Uh, Oklahoma is 6-3 and three against the number in their last nine. They're 12-2 and two straight up in their last 14 home games. They're 6-1 and one straight up in their last seven home games played against Texas. They take care of business at home in Norman. Uh, Shaka Smarts people just continuing to win games. They should not. Taking down number 20, West Virginia, number 22, Texas Tech. Uh, this team is rolling. This is the best Texas has looked all year. They're going to need to keep that, but they're getting six, six and a half points tonight on the road in a place they just don't play very well at here with Lon Kruger and the boys from Oklahoma. Yeah, it really surprised me, especially because Texas is really – you know, struggling to make the tournament. Oklahoma's squarely in the tournament. And I, I, I've been impressed with Texas over the last couple of weeks. Mm. I'm not going to lie. I, I, you know, the win over Texas Tech's looking better by the minute. Uh, West Virginia, you know, it's still a win over a ranked team. Kansas State, they should have won. They won. TCU, they should have won. They won. Prior to that, they had lost a couple of games. They probably should have won, mainly to Iowa State by 30, which was, mm. I mean, that's inexcusable. But I, I think Texas I think Texas is a team that you've got to at least give some give some, you know, some kudos to for what they've done over the last three weeks. I would say yes. they probably saved Shaka Smart's job. And yep. if if they win out, which they could, I mean, I, I wouldn't throw it out the window that they go to Norman tonight and win. It's probably you know, it's an unlikely situation, but they could. And they'll win their last game at home against Oklahoma State, and then they'll play in the Big 12 tournament, and they'll probably have to beat either Baylor or Kansas at some point. They'll probably have to face yep. one or both of them. So, I, you know, I, I, I want to see Shaka Smart in the tournament. I want to see him succeed at Texas. I, I don't know if it's going to happen. They've been riddled with injuries this year. They're a younger team. Andrew Jones, the sophomore, has been okay for them. He's been kind of their main cog. I, I don't know. They don't wow me, Joe, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if they went to Norman tonight and won. Uh, yeah, listen, well, they haven't, and, and yeah. that's going to be that's going to be the real kicker here is they have not had a lot of success here. Uh, but I do like the spot for them here in this game. They've gotten themselves back in the national spotlight, which is where Texas always loves to be. So this is what they they're starting to see the effort pay off for them, putting themselves in a position yeah. to be able to take down a rival. He's a big-time coach, Shaka Smart. All right, guys, he's been there, done that. He's got these kids. 
They, you backed Shaka Smart into a corner. When Historically, when you back great coaches into a corner, he usually gets the kids to be able to perform. Defensively, they have clamped down, guys. They have got, they are always going to be a very good defensive team. Lon Kruger in Oklahoma will slow the pace down. They got no problem doing that. The unders have cashed left and right for both of these teams. 12 of the last 17, in fact, for Oklahoma have cashed. Um, I, I can absolutely see this being an extremely physical game. It this landing be. in the 60s somewhere and being under the 133, which is the total here. I don't see this going as an over game. I do think this is going to be a, a very grind them out, very physical game in Norman. Yeah, road team 4-0 ATS in the last four meetings between these two teams. And the underdog is 13-3 ATS. In the last 16, this is a road dog kind of matchup tasty. in Texas. Tasty. We'll take a look at those uh, tasty NBA matchups. We'll do that coming up next here on The Grid, sportsgrid.com. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Major basketball conferences will begin. Postseason tournaments here are in full effect, including uh, our friends over in the uh, in the Atlantic Sun here, people who are being in action. Now we told you yesterday about a team that if you uh, if you're going to watch some of these uh, some of these mid-major games here tonight, uh, keep an eye on our friends uh, in the Atlantic Sun uh, by the name of Liberty. And North Florida. Now, taking a look at this game here, the added games on the card here tonight. Uh, Liberty, I guess, is opening up against uh, New Jersey IT, which is not good for them. Um, he opened up as a 17-point favorite, Woo! all Liberty. It's been already bet down to 16 and a half, and it's continuing to fall. So somebody, uh, the books may be a little overvaluing our friends at Liberty here against uh, New Jersey IT. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's right down the road here in Trenton. Um, yep. I would be a little hesitant to lay 17 with anybody in the conference tournaments. Hey, I, I, I think Liberty is a especially really good them. team, especially <laughs> Liberty. I, I think Liberty is a really good team, and I think they're a team that could beat a good team in the in the NCAA tournament. But when I'm looking at the odds for some of these, and Circa did a great job, and, and they're all over the place now, but Circa and Vegas did a great job putting them out first, and, and they've been kind of on the forefront of these. So I was looking at, a couple of conferences last night, specifically the Horizon and the Ace Sun, and Liberty. You've got to lay three fifty uh, if you want to if you want them to win the conference, and that's all well and good, and they probably right. will at least get to the championship game. But I can't lay that in a conference tournament uh, no. futures odds. No. In fact, North no. Florida I think is really good value at three to one. Um, yes. You know, I think North Florida is actually the better. Uh, offensive team of the two. I think Liberty is maybe a little bit more balanced, but 
you're giving me three to one for basically the same bet. You know, these teams have to win three games and they're going to get similar matchups because they're a one and two seed. So there's yep. not a ton of difference, but, and they're not going to play each other until the championship. So, uh, you know, I, I, I would I would take the 300 with North Florida there, and, and I would not touch the, anything else in the A-Sun until it gets to the final, and we'll see what the line is if Liberty does get there, what that line is between Liberty and North Florida. Uh, the Horizon League was intriguing, too. Uh, Wright State and Northern Kentucky. I actually think Wright State in that spot at minus 110 is priced right. <laughs> no, no, no pun intended. Uh, and I, I think that's a good bet because you're basically just, just, just picking them, you know, as a straight up minus 110 as you would on a normal line uh, right. to win three games. And they will be heavily favored because that's right in their backyard. Wright State's in Dayton and the, and the tournament's in Indianapolis. So it's a very uh, hop, skip, and a jump. And the only other team that's really close to Indianapolis is IUPUI, which is in Indianapolis, and they're the worst team in the field. So no yeah. home court advantage with the exception of Wright State that gets a very close drive from Dayton to Indianapolis for that tournament. Big South is interesting. I would take a hard look at Gardner-Webb. They won the tournament last mm-hmm. year. They're priced at 7-1. to one, And then you've got the two favorites, Radford and Winthrop, who I think are deservedly favorites. But, again, yeah. with these conference tournaments, there's going to be some dogs that bark. Crazy mm-hmm. things happen in these tournaments. So yep. do your research, look at these teams, and try to find some value with some of these futures market picks. Yeah, yeah. they're there, guys. They're on the board, and there is also some uh, some trap situations, too, as well, that you got to be aware of. But understand also that we, and we mentioned this yesterday, guys, it's an important to understand that the thing to keep an eye on, especially uh, during conference uh, tournament play, is whether the games are neutral court or not, And some of the numbers are staggering here. For instance, since 2005, conference tournament games played on a neutral court, uh, just over 53% to the under. Um, And the under is just about 49% if the game is played on a true home court. Mm. So focus on these conference tournaments uh, unders, especially in the neutral court uh, atmosphere. When the total is 150 or higher, in these neutral court situations, the under 58% since 2005. So there are some spots in these conference tournaments, especially once they get past the, the home court opportunity, where the unders, strange building, strange eye, everything changes uh, for these guys and for these kids. And it doesn't surprise me that the unders are where the value are in some of these neutral site op- uh, opportunities. Yeah, totally agree. And, you know, we're, we're going to see Gonzaga uh, in the West Coast Conference Tournament later this week out in Vegas. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to see San Diego State in the Mountain West Conference Tournament out in Vegas. And those two teams are priced like Dom Perignon uh, yep. in, in, in those two tournaments. And I'll be perfectly frank. I, I would be shocked if both of them both won. Someone's yes. going to bark. Yep. And Gonzaga and San Diego State don't care about these tournaments. They're probably going to be one and two seeds regardless what happens. In fact, I, I'm almost 100% sure that Gonzaga is a one seed no matter what happens this week out in Vegas. San Diego State maybe loses the one line if they lose early. I think Gonzaga's done enough to be a one. Um, I, I, I could totally see two dogs barking in those tournaments. And mm-hmm. I think UNLV is an interesting one. They're playing on their home court. UNLV yep. is playing this tournament on their home court. And and that needs to be – that's a major factor in this. And UNLV is also the only team in the entire country that's beaten San Diego State this year. So, yep. you know, just keep those, keep that in mind. When you're getting ready to lay 10, 15 points with, with the Aztecs or, the, or, or you know, the uh, Bulldogs this week, 
Just keep that in mind. Neutral site games, the totals might be a little bit overinflated because it's the conference tournaments. You're seeing a little bit more public love come into these games because it's March. Just be careful. The tournament has a weird way of making you look stupid as a gambler. Yes. And you just have to figure out a way to avoid the minefields because now we are full. It is World War III out there right now. Mm -hmm. These teams, every single day, every night, there is some explosion waiting to happen with some of these teams, and you just have to figure out a way. Don't bet on the team that that night that they're going to implode. Exactly. Give yourself uh, give yourself a uh, an opportunity here. Also, a couple other uh, bubble games here tonight in college hoop, guys. Uh, keep an eye on the uh, Syracuse Orangemen too, who find mm. themselves in a in a very precarious situation here. Of you know, what do you do in the ACC when you're kind of middle of the road? I think they've they've certainly overachieved in a lot of people's eyes here tonight. But Syracuse, they're going up against the Boston College team. They would love to have this. Uh, you know, uh, the the sweep here, um, they've actually played better on the road, Syracuse. Amazing enough, they've actually done better on the road. They It's not that normal 2-3 zone that we're used to where it's they're great defensively. Maybe they struggle a little offensively. It's actually been quite the opposite. They are great offensively. They're better defensively on the road than they have been, but it's a different kind of Jim Beheim Syracuse team this year, a team that can put up points no problem. And, yeah, they have an opportunity here tonight. They're laying five and a half on the road against Boston College. The total is 153, uh, 143, rather. Syracuse has owned this matchup here tonight. But, again, Syracuse, you got to get the job done here, guys. Yeah, and, and, and for Boston College, you know, they have really struggled offensively this year. Mm-hmm. Syracuse has been a little bit better uh, on the offensive end. Actually, that's kind of where they've made their hay, and it's it's a very weird year for Jim Beheim. He's got his son in the lineup. He's got this Elijah Hughes kid who's probably the only real you know, stud that they have, and that's a rare thing because usually when you're talking about Syracuse, you're talking about one or two or three players that are you know mm-hmm. in, in, in contention to be a draft pick, a lottery pick, you know, or at least uh, you know an All-American or, or, or an All-ACC player, but it's slim pickings for that conference this year. It's slim pickings for Cuse. They had their worst loss of the season, I would say, uh, over yep. the weekend at home against North Carolina, and I, I wouldn't I wouldn't write off North Carolina completely to make a run and win a couple games in the ACC tournament. That is a very I, I don't think we've seen an ACC like this in my memory. I mean, it's, that's yep. certainly not since Syracuse has joined and turned that into like a super conference. Uh, this has been a conference that has just been just totally devoid of elite elite talent this year. Mm-hmm. And it's it, yep. it's almost like a mid major conference. Like it's almost like mm-hmm. the A ten. Like it's not the Atlantic Coast. It's the Atlantic Ten. Like I, I I'm I'm at a loss for some of these teams and 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 how they're performing this season. Boston College has been perennially down. I'm not surprised that they've had a rough year, but for Syracuse to be this far out of the postseason picture on March 3rd is a very surprising handicap. And yep. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they picked themselves off the mat and 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 played well down the stretch. Uh, again, we talk about this in the NFL all the time. You're never as good as your best week. You're never as bad as your worst week. Syracuse right. had their probably worst game and certainly worst defensive performance, giving up 92 points to this North Carolina team uh, over the weekend. So I could see them bouncing back. Uh, and, you know, short number tonight uh, in Chestnut Hill. You know, Ken Palm's got it as a five-point game. He's got the number right at 143. So there's no value right. on either side. But just in terms of the edge and in terms of momentum, I, I, I would not be surprised to see Syracuse bounce back. Uh, you know, like and we saw Duke the other night, you know, bouncing back from one of their worst losses and, and you know, figure out a way to cover the number. The, the truth is, listen, if Syracuse 
they need to win tonight. They need to win against Miami. And then they need at least one win in the ACC tournament. Uh, if they can get those three next wins, there's a good chance they're getting an at-large bid and they're going to be going dancing one way or the other. So it is a big game for the Orangemen. They beat them down first time around at the Carrier Dome back in January. I don't think it's necessarily going to be uh, that kind of disparity in this game, but this is a big game for Bayheim and for Syracuse on the road, which they have actually performed pretty decently here this year. The under, to me, you talked about Boston not being able to uh, they just can't shoot Boston. No, they're a really bad the shooting they, team. They, they, they got no scoring whatsoever, and they're not exactly bad defensively, but they're just very inconsistent offensively there. So if there's any value, maybe it's on the under in this matchup, given the fact that uh, what is at stake with these guys? They know it, too. Win tonight, win Miami, and then head into the ACC tournament. Get at least one win there. And you are going dancing there. You'll be a you know you'll be a high seed or a lower seed, but you're going dancing, which is really when you're Syracuse, that's all you want to do when it's all uh, when it all comes down to it. So great opportunity also for West Virginia tonight to bounce back off of a three-game losing streak. Uh, West Virginia, another one of these teams from the Big Ten, gotta get yeah, you lost six or seven here, Huggins. You gotta get it done, man. Jeez, lost. Two out of three weeks I've lost money on West Virginia. What the hell are you doing? I might back tonight. All right, we'll take a look at the NBA Clippers tonight. OKC, Minnesota, New Orleans. We'll give you the lines. We'll give you the picks. We'll do it next year on the grid. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Ourselves. Eight NBA games here tonight. Exciting stuff here looking at uh, some of these matchups. And I think there are there's some value here on the board. Of course, a lot of uh, games still not uh, not posting lines yet as we try to figure out who's loading it tonight and who's not loading it. But we do have a line for the Clippers OKC Thunder game, uh, which I think is uh, fascinating. Opens up at around two and a half. I'm seeing two and a half. So I'm seeing... Anywhere from two and a half to three and a half here. The total hanging around that 226 mark in a game that uh, I think is going to be a lot of fun to watch here. We know the Clippers um, are in a spot here where they've been playing much better since the All-Star break. They're finally healthy, kind of putting it all together, really starting to show the depth that they have. Meanwhile, the Oklahoma City Thunder at home kind of overachieving all year long, continuing to do so, continuing to be a uh, just a, a bank. I mean, printing money here if you've been backing them against the number in all cases. Uh, Chris Paul, I don't think, is getting enough attention for what he's been doing with the Thunder this year and what he has brought to this team. Uh, but he's got three games in a row now with at least 17 points. He has really elevated that team with those young guys there. Everyone laughed and thought it was a joke. It was a punishment 
getting out of the uh, Clippers. Well, you know, he's done pretty well for himself here. And all of a sudden, that team, uh, you lose Westbrook, you lose, you know, Durant over the last couple of years. And to me, the future looks really bright here at Oklahoma City. It's an interesting game. They're a home dog here, Oklahoma City. Is there value in your mind, Jared? Yeah, I mean, I think Oklahoma City, we talked about this uh, the last couple of days. I, I, and Oklahoma City is a great story, and I have a lot of uh, respect for what Billy Donovan's done, kind of resurrecting his coaching career. But this is an Oklahoma City team that's still very young, and they've overachieved in the first half. And that is the perfect recipe to be overvalued in the second half. We've seen mm. them drop three straight against the number – losses wins straight up but losses against the number to Chicago and Sacramento and then they got absolutely blown out uh, in Milwaukee the other night and, and and to me that's the clear-cut kind of shot across the bow that a team is starting to regress when you're winning a game straight up but you're not covering the number that tells me that you're overvalued in the marketplace that doesn't yep. happen a lot in the NBA the NBA no. is pretty standard if you win most likely you're going to cover more times than not. But we've seen it now two straight games that they've won straight up and failed to cover the number by a few points each time. They, mm -hmm. they won by two in Chicago. The, the spread was seven and a half. They won by four in Sacramento. The spread was eight. So, you know, that, that's a couple of buckets, uh, you know, that, that we're starting to see, uh, you know, overvalued in the marketplace. Uh, I would not be surprised based on what we saw from the Clippers last time out where they gave up 130 points to the Sixers that they come back and they lock things down defensively in this game. They've had a couple of days off, and I, I would not be surprised to see the Clippers play one of those patented L.A. games where they just absolutely lock down the opponent and they make this uh, Oklahoma City team struggle offensively and make them look a little bit like the young team that we all expected them to be. I kind of like the Clippers in this matchup. Yeah, the home team 9-3 and three against the number in the last 12 meetings between these two teams. And Chris Paul, a little bit of revenge here, guys. Mm, uh, this was his former team. Remember, they they shifted, they, you know, they shipped him out to Siberia. At least that's what they were thinking. <laughs> and uh, he's done really, really well. It's an interesting matchup here tonight. Three points, two and a half to three and a half, somewhere in there. I do think the Clippers are going to get more money as the day goes on. Yes. So I do think the value will increase. And I also think that both of these teams are going to bring um, some tempo and some pace to the game here tonight. So I might lean the... Uh, the over in this one as well. I'd also look, speaking of over, look at this number. How about the Minnesota Timberwolves and Crazy. the New Orleans Pelicans uh, going at it tonight? And, you know, New Orleans at home, kind of hard to go against them. The Timberwolves have been, shall we say, a fun team at least, um, not only to bet but to watch, certainly from a over standpoint and a point standpoint. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, uh, he added, obviously, in a mention, but once he comes over there, Carl Anthony Towns gets hurt. You know, they've got to – they can shoot. They can score. So can New Orleans, which is why this is a 11.5-point New Orleans Pelicans spread with a number of – and I had to I had to refresh it three times because I was laughing uh, – almost 250 points, 247.5 points is what this opened up at. Um, I, I guess I'll take the over. I, I, I don't know what the hell you do with a number like this. Shocked. You can't do anything. You just have to watch. Um, I mean, I will say this. We're, you know, the, 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 the spread is widening a little bit from 11 to 11 and a half. So, to me, that tells me that the books think this is going to be a blowout. I, I mean, we, we haven't seen a number this big all season. I was doing some research. Ralph Michaels does a great job with the research. Uh, the, the Timberwolves played the Mavericks over the weekend. That spread, or that total, excuse me, was 244. 
Mm -hmm. And we've seen when these totals are 243 or higher, it's actually trended under. Because you just can't – I mean, you know, all it takes is five bad minutes yep, for, a, for, for, a spread, for a total like this to stay under. You have to play a perfect game uh, in order to hit 250. And all the stars have to align. I, I just don't think that that's the kind of matchup that this game really entails. I actually think the Pelicans might be due for a tad bit of regression. We've seen them play some tough physical games over the last couple of weeks. And now they get to face the T-Wolves at home, and they're favored by 11 and a half. I'd be willing to bet that, yep. that, the, that the Pelicans haven't been favored by double digits all season. So yep. I, I, I can't see them just, just you, know, you know, running away with this game. There's going to be some pushback from Minnesota. Uh, it's just a matter of how much pushback there is. The, you know, the spread's probably right. You know, New Orleans probably wins by 10 or 11, uh, but I, I can't touch this total. This, this is one of those you just, you know, you grab your popcorn and you watch. It's hilarious, too. The over 9-1 and one in the last 10 between these two teams uh, in New Orleans. And, yeah, there are going to be some points. This is going to be – don't expect a lot of defense here tonight. Not going to be a lot no. to see. Uh, definitely not going to be a lot to see. Uh, some other, uh, late, of course, late matchup there. The Sixers taking on the Lakers tonight. Lakers also double-digit favorites here, 11, 11 and a half points. Uh, we know no Simmons, no Embiid here for the Sixers. But listen, they're also a much different team on the road than they are at home. But they showed up and showed out there yeah. uh, in Philly with uh, with the B team. And are they not getting a lot of love here? Is I get why nine and twenty-two away from the Wells Fargo Center compared to twenty-eight and two at home. Uh, this is a tough game, especially without your two big weapons. Uh, late game tonight. The total is two hundred and twenty. I don't know what to expect from this Sixers team. I'll tell you what: if Shake Milton uh, continues to do what he does best, mm -hmm. which is you know shake. I guess we'll call him shake, rattle, and roll. I mean, he's been. Uh, he, he's been the savior for this Philly team. Yep. And there's not a lot of guys on this team that can shoot it from three. I think Harris is one. I think, I think Richardson needs to be more efficient. Uh, I don't know what's going on with Josh Richardson, Joe. I, I honestly, like they, like they bring this guy on to be that, you know, J.J. Redick, but more athletic version. And he's yep. playing 10, 15 minutes a night. Like, like, where, yep. like where is his uh, determination and drive to be a catalyst on this team with Simmons and Embiid out, like this is his chance to shine. We're seeing Al Horford step to the forefront as expected. He is going to be a guy I think that really needs to set the tone as a veteran presence. Tobias Harris is a good player in his own right, and I think Harris has enough in the tank to really push this team over the next week or two and at least keep them afloat in what's been a relatively weak Eastern Conference. You know, Glenn Robinson the third's now in the starting lineup. I, I don't trust him really at all. Mm. It's, it's got to be Richardson. It's got to be Milton. It's got to be Harris. It's got to be Horford. Those are the four guys that have to step up uh, and carry the mail offensively for this team. But this is a Sixers team that just doesn't play well away from home. They get yep. the advantage tonight. They, I don't think they'll see Anthony Davis. I have a feeling he won't play. He's questionable, and I don't think, yep. you know, I don't think the Lakers need him. Uh, you know, I think, you know, they'd be better off resting some of their better players at this stage in the season. They are a lock to be the one seed. So I, I think, again, this is a number at this stage in the year. I'm staying away from these big numbers in the NBA. There's better bets on the board tonight. Lakers probably win. Maybe they cover. Who knows? But it, it, there's just too many unknowns with this team. There's too many unknowns with both teams. I don't know yep. if Anthony Davis is going to play. I don't know who's going to step up for the Sixers. I don't know if Josh Richardson's even going to be on the floor at any point in time. Like, it's just, like, there's just so many unknowns for both teams. It's just hard for me to, to, to put my hard-earned money on any side in this particular matchup. And then, of course, uh, the late night uh, game here. We're talking about a team that is suddenly just 
three games out of a playoff spot in the Western Conference, guys. I'm talking about the Sacramento Kings mm. now, who are 11 and five in their last 16, two in a row at the expense of Memphis, uh, currently the eighth seed, as well as Detroit, as they head into this game tonight against the Washington Wizards. Darren Fox averaging more, just more than a little over 20 a game. He's reached the 20 point mark now in five consecutive games. The Wizards have dropped four of their last six. Now we know they can score points. We know they're obviously ain't going to play any damn defense. It is a West Coast trip in Sacramento. Sacramento lane six, the total 235 in this one. The Kings, you got to love what they're doing and what they've become here now. I mean, 15, you know, being just three games out, being 11 and five in the last 15 is pretty darn impressive here. So there's a, there's an opportunity, I think, uh, to to hop on the Kings bandwagon. Yeah, I love the Kings in this matchup. You know, they, they won this game in D.C. Uh, back mm -hmm. uh, Thanksgiving week. I think what we've seen from Sacramento is, is improvement. And that's really all you can ask with uh, Walton and, you know, this very young team, young coach. You know, we didn't know what we were going to get with Luke Walton last year yep. uh, in L.A. Now he comes to Sacramento and he's really starting to get better and he's really starting to improve. And I love De'Aaron Fox. You know, he, he just continues to improve as well. We talked about Kentucky earlier. He's one of those guys, uh, one of those former Kentucky guys that just continues to play well in the NBA. Uh, the Wizards have been an over team, not surprisingly, all season, but also 2-0 to the over on this West Coast trip. Uh, and Sacramento actually has been a better under team of late, five straight unders. So kind of a weird uh, pull, you know, tug and pull a little bit with the total there. Uh, you know, the Wizards have been trending over. The, the Kings have been trending under. So we'll see if we get any line movement with the total here. I, I, I would say you, you, you either bet the Kings or you don't bet this game. I uh, I agree with you there. I think I, I would not be able to go the uh, the other way right now with the Wizards. Just can't do it. But uh, plenty of value on the board. Best oh, bet yeah. tonight. Where are you going? I, I really like that Iowa pick. I think they owe Purdue a whooping, and I think five's a, a reasonable price for the Hawkeyes tonight at home. Golden Horns getting six, six and a half tonight at Norman. Screw you, Oklahoma. Morning <laughs> after next. Garrett and I will recap and get you ready again tomorrow on the early line. Best of luck with your plays, guys. We'll talk to you tomorrow. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.